0: what's up everybody welcome to the combo church podcast my name is craig and my name is kara and we are the lead pastors of combo church if you are listening on ComboChurch.com, itunes or spotify make sure you subscribe follow and like we love it when you share with your family and friends and we would love it if you would leave us a great review our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose encourage life and build faith in you enjoy Enjoy the the message Happy New Year! It happened. It happened for real, and we're still here. Come on, great things this year. Let's go, Clay. It's going to be a fantastic year. And uh, I want to echo uh, what Amy said, and just welcome the guests and greet you. And so glad you're here with us today. And uh, and even online, we um, we want to welcome and greet our guests that are with us online as well. We love you. And uh, if you're in the area, we always love to invite you here in person. And if you're not, then just move to the area, because that's what you should do. Everyone's doing it. Might as well. They're building houses. You can find somewhere. It'll be fantastic. It'll be a party. At least you know you'll have a church to come to. Um, Listen, I actually want to do something to start off. Will you do me a favor? And I promise we're not just doing calisthenics. Can you, can you stand up? I want to read a scripture to get into things this morning. And, um, and no, that, this isn't our tradition. I know some places it is, and it's kind of cool, but I felt for this morning, I wanted, to, I wanted to get our attention. As we start a new year, and, and I get it to a degree, there's nothing magical about a calendar switching over, but at the same time, there are seasons of life that do um, beg the need for attention to realize that there is something new in front of us. And it does give us, even though, you know, there was last week and I was that person last week week, and maybe I'm that person this week. No, it's still a new season. There's still an opportunity for God to do something new. And you need to know something about God. He always does something new. He's not the God of the old ways. He's the God of doing something new in your life. It's not new for him, but it's new for us because he's leading us into new places. Amen? So let me, well, first let me find. This, uh, this scripture that I wanted to start with in the book of John. And you don't have to turn there if you've got a Bible. We'll get to another passage here in a second. But I wanted to use this to, to kind of chart the course for where we are going to go. And it's a short one, but I, I, want you to, uh, I want you to listen to these words. These are the words of Jesus from John 10, verse 27. And he says, my sheep listen to my voice. Can somebody say voice? voice. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me me. Today we're going to be talking about the voice of God. We're going to be talking about that for a while. And uh, it's not something that is for the super spiritual. It's not something for religious people. It's not for those that are better than you who can hear the voice of God. It is for you. And he wants you to hear his voice. Can you close your eyes for one second? I'm going to pray for you. Father, we ask by your grace, by your love, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would invade this space today. And God, we realize that although maybe it's just a number on a calendar that has changed, we dedicate ourselves to positioning ourselves before you to do something new in and through our lives this year. God, we are not going to be bound by what was last year. We're not going to be bound by what was even yesterday. Father, we are choosing by faith, and God, help us with our faith to march into new territory, believing the word of God, believing the report of the Lord, walking by faith, not walking in fear, not cowering in fear, but believing what the word of God says about our life, about our world, about our relationships, about our reality. Father, we choose to listen to your voice. So, Father, help us to drown out and to remove the voices that compete with what you're trying to speak to us, and would you open up not just our physical ears, but the ears of our heart, the ears of our soul, the ears of our spirit to hear what it is that you're going to do. And, and, Father, right now, Lord, we, we, I pray right now specifically for individuals that are here or that would be hearing this online. Father, who have been struggling in this year of transition, Father, through depression, Lord, we take authority over that in the mighty name of Jesus. God, that has no place. Devil, you have no authority over God's people. You have no authority except which those accidentally give to you. And so we take that back, and if that's you, you need to take that authority back today and give it back to God and begin to speak God's word, begin to speak life into yourself. Devil, you are gone. You are defeated. Jesus, we give you the glory, and we ask you to take your place in our lives. In Jesus' name today, come on. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 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 Clap. Have a seat. And And I'll give you a heads up. You can go ahead and if you have a Bible with you, which I always encourage you, if you don't have a physical Bible, go buy one. And do me a favor. Get the NLT version. Because that's what we like to use a lot of times here. And then bring it with you to church. If you don't have one, that's okay. Download the free YouVersion Bible app. Everybody should have it. And, uh, and if you don't have either, we'll have some scriptures up on the TV screens as well so that you can, uh, so that you can follow along. But we're going to go to the book of Joshua. Somebody say Joshua. Joshua. One of my favorite dudes in the Bible. I love the book of Joshua. We're going to get there. And, and we'll get there in just a moment. I, just want, I want you to get there to Joshua chapter 1 and then just kind of hold your place for a while. While you're turning there, um, I want to give a, a special invitation. Uh, there are more and more of the things that we haven't done in person in a while we will begin to start doing here in this new year, and I'm excited about that. Uh, one of the things that we're going to start doing in person is engage. Now, engage is where you get the chance if you're new or maybe you've been coming for a while um, over this past year. Engage is where you get the opportunity uh, to, well, to, to meet me and Pastor Kerr a little bit more closely. But more importantly, you get to learn who we are as a church, what we're about, what we believe, uh, and, and also begin to discover who you are, like your unique design as a, as a child of God. You get to learn how you can find those gifts and passions and plug them into community here at Convo Church. Now, today is session one. And it's called Connect. It happens immediately after our service. And so if you are a guest, if you're new or you've been coming for a while, haven't done Engage, or maybe you even did this but you did it online, and you're like, it's probably better in person. It is better. Everything, come on, everything is better in person. So I want to invite you right after service. We're going to even serve lunch for those who are able to come. Just go that way down the hallway, and we'll have team members directing you down there. That would be fantastic. So come hang out with us at Engage today. And I'm excited to get that ball rolling again. That's my only announcement. Is that good? All right. And I like how Amy said that, please, if you get baptized, bring a change of clothes because you might get wet. That was my favorite. I like that one. She says it because it's true. I've seen people like, I want to get baptized. Good. You got some clothes? I didn't think about that. So now you've now you've been reminded about that. That's good. <clears throat> Nothing sets the course of your life, your direction, like the voices that you choose to listen to. Amen? And And I don't know about you, but we are not lacking for options of voices in our lives. Every, everywhere you turn, there are voices that are speaking to get your attention, whether it's, uh, whether it's news, media, whether it's social media, whether it's uh, politics, maybe it's your family, maybe it's friends, your work. I mean, there's always, uh, you know, the voice of different religions and different belief systems and your truth and my truth and truths, and, and there's all these voices out here that are competing to get your attention because there is no voice that does not have the intention, either directly or indirectly, to impact your direction. That's what voices do. And not surprisingly, the voice that you follow will determine the direction of your journey. And uh, and so I I just there's one particular voice. When I think of this particular topic, there's a voice that, that I think about a lot. And I think about my dad's voice. Now, growing up playing playing basketball, that was primarily my sport. I love playing basketball. And, uh, and it, it helps being tall. But I love playing it. Now, there was, you know, when you're, if you've played any, any sport, I guess it's not even a sport thing, but I'm going with the sports analogy this morning. I hope that's okay. Uh, there are voices everywhere, right? You got the crowd. You got the crowd going nuts. You got the crowd yelling and screaming. You've got your fans. You have the fans of the opponents doing their things. You have, you have the, uh, the opponents that are in your face. They have a voice too. Unless you've played some peaceful sport where everybody's nice to each other, that wasn't my experience. We had things to say to each other, and they sometimes were godly, and sometimes they were not. But that's not the point. And then you have the voices of your coach giving instructions, yelling, calling out plays. And, and, uh, and then there's also the voices in your own head, like, oh, I forgot what to do in this play. I don't know what to do. I shouldn't have done that, or, or I shouldn't have let him get in front of me. i got to box him out. And then there's, for me, the voice of my dad in the bleachers, Now, which I've loved every minute of it. Because the voice, when I heard my dad's voice, number one, it, it, always, it wasn't louder than every other voice, but it stood out among every other voice. I recognized his voice above every other voice that I heard in those moments. And sometimes that voice was yelling at the ref because the ref made a clearly bad call that didn't go in my favor, and I loved it. But other times I could hear my dad's voice, and he was, he was encouraging me to do things that I wasn't doing but I knew that I actually could do. It's like, hey, Craig, Now, here's a funny thing, because for me, my dad, my father knew me, so when he spoke, he knew what I needed to hear. And so he would say things like, Craig, get big, because sometimes I I didn't realize in different seasons of my younger life that I was actually bigger than everybody else. Craig, get big. I was like, okay, oh, yeah, I got to get big because I am am bigger. Um, Craig, and this is the best one, Craig, get mad, because he always knew if I started a little soft, then that would impact the whole game. So he always tried to yell at me to get mad. And, uh, and so for me, typically the best way for me to get mad was I would just foul somebody aggressively in the first 30 seconds of the game, and, and that usually did it. Uh, Some you know, Craig, bend, bend the knees, bend the knees, you know, or more arc, you know, I could just hear his voice kind of echoing and encouraging me and, and trying to lead me in the right way. And I think that's quite uh, symbolic, if you will, of the voice of our Heavenly Father. We have a whole lot of voices that are competing for our mind, don't we? We have a whole lot of people, a whole lot of things that we see and we don't see. And if none of that even existed, I think what's going on up here in our own lives is enough to compete with the voice of God. But God wants to come through. He wants you to learn how to hear his voice more than ever before. If you felt like you were good at hearing God's voice, God wants you to take it even further. If you feel like, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God in any way, and I don't even know how, I don't know how I can, then listen, then this is absolutely for you as well. When it comes to living on mission, and we are, we're going to continue this thought. If you haven't been with us before, we've for the last month or so, we've been talking about this topic of living on mission, and which isn't some like, super spiritual go out and like, tackle people for Jesus and convert them in the streets. That's not really the point of what we're talking about. More than anything, we're talking about you living within your purpose that God designed for you. That is a mission. God has a mission, and then God has people who he wants to be a part of his mission. So it's not even really about you coming up with your own mission and then going after that. It's about you developing a relationship with God and then through that relationship, you begin to learn what God is all about. And then you're able to, through that relationship, give your life to being a part of what God created you to be. That's living on mission. And so let's kind of demystify that whole mission thing, but it's an important word. But when it comes to living on mission and living in God's purpose for your specific life, there's nothing quite as important at all as hearing and knowing how to hear the voice of God, and I'll say it one more time because the voice you follow will determine the direction of your journey. Have you gotten to Joshua chapter one yet? I gave you a little bit of time. Okay, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this together, and um, that, that doesn't mean out loud together. I'm just y'all are reading along as as I'm reading this, and just follow along. I'm reading reading again in the New Living Translation. And, uh, and this is, we're going to read verses 1 through 11, and, and this, is, this really is an incredible passage. What's taking place in these 11 verses is something that, that, without over-exaggerating the emphasis, has played a role in the development of the entire world from this point, from this point forward. Not just in how God deals with, with his, his people in the Old Testament, with the nation of Israel, but even setting up to how God would begin to operate and move throughout the world to the point of Christ and even now as we are the church continuing God's work. So starting in verse one, it says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you... What I promised Moses, that wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. That's a great spot. If you have a highlighter or a pen, underline that in your Bible. Highlight it on the app. It says, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Those are good underlined spots as well because somebody needs to receive that for themselves today. Verse six, it says, be strong and courageous. These are one of my life verses here. Be strong and courageous for you are the one. Somebody say, you are the one. Somebody say, I is the one. Some of y'all couldn't say that because that's not proper grammar. I can't, I don't, anyway. He says, you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, somebody say, only then, Amen. only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. How many of you want to succeed and prosper in everything that you do? Half of you do. That's great. We'll take half. Half of you are like, well, I don't know. That's how you will succeed in all that you do. This is my command, again, for the third time be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. That's a powerful passage, isn't it? Father, I pray that you would, in the moments that we have today, that you would please open up our hearts, God. Open up our minds, God. We don't wanna be be callous to what you are speaking today. Lord, we don't want to be indifferent about your voice. We don't want to be indifferent about change and transformation and, and not, uh, not staying the way that we were, but const- constantly surrendering ourselves to you so that we can be transformed into your image. So God, let your word penetrate into our soul today. Penetrate into our spirit, God. Get inside of us and do that work. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so listen, if we, as we look in Joshua chapter 1, there's a couple of things that we need to understand in context. Like, what is happening right now? When you read, script, when you read scripture, it is so important to, to understand what is happening in real time in the text. There are more things that God can speak through that, but it helps you understand what's happening in those moments. So, in, jo- in Joshua chapter 1, we see a few things. Number one, it says Moses is dead. And many are familiar with who Moses is, you know, the burning bush went to Egypt, let my people go, Pharaoh eventually says yes, and then they go through the wilderness, they have some issues in the wilderness, they end up staying there for 40 years, an entire generation that did not have faith and believe in who God said they were and what God said they would have, die in the desert, another generation that is filled with faith rises up, and then boom, here we go, Joshua chapter 1, now we have this guy named Joshua, who was a young man. He wasn't wasn't considered to be anybody super special early on. He was just the assistant of Moses. And then all of a sudden, you see him showing up as the leader of their battles and war. And so here we are, Joshua chapter 1. Now, here's what's happening with Joshua. For many years, Joshua followed this mighty man of God named Moses. For many years, Joshua watched Moses go and encounter the presence of God in a way that at that time no human was actually able to do or they would be dead because they couldn't handle it. Yet Joshua got to watch Moses do these things. And he got to watch Moses hear from God. He saw him come down with the Ten Commandments. He saw him, uh, God, work through Moses to do ridiculous signs and wonders and miracles. But now Moses is gone. Now, I'm not for one second going to think that Joshua didn't have a relationship with God where he would learn to hear his voice because he did. We see that throughout Exodus and other moments. But Joshua never had to be the one who was responsible for hearing God and then leading people or hearing God and, for that matter, leading himself because he always had the voice of Moses. Moses was gone, and now Joshua had to learn how to hear God not just for himself, but how God was gonna use Joshua for other people. Now, can you put yourself in that spot? Can you put yourself in the spot of Joshua and have some contextual, almost sympathy, if you will, for the fear that he may have been facing? And in some translations, it actually, when God begins to speak in verse one, it says, now, Joshua, stand up. As if Joshua was in a moment of fear, in a moment of anxiety, where he's like, I need, can somebody get me a chair? I think I need to sit down here. I don't, no, Joshua, stand up. Be strong and be courageous. I am going to be with you just like I was with Moses. Everything I said to Moses is going to happen through you. All of a sudden, the voice of God begins to come through to help somebody believe that what they thought was not possible was gonna be possible. Who they thought they would never measure up to be, God said, you're gonna be more than that. Come on, the voice of God is speaking. So I'm gonna give you a few things today and I don't, we'll, we'll get through a couple of them, maybe. We'll see what, what happens. Um, on how the voice of God is, is working for you today. And again, I'm not gonna under, I, I, I wanna push this through so bad. Please don't, if you're sitting here like, well, I don't know, I don't really hear the voice of God. I don't know if I have. Uh, for whatever reason, I feel very much impressed to, to push this upon you, to let you know that it's not, it's, God's desire for you to hear his voice is not optional. I want you to understand that. Now, do you have the option? Of course, because you can choose to engage, you can choose to disengage. You can choose to have excuses, you can choose to have reasons. You can choose to count yourself out. You can do all those things, but you need to understand something, that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the same God that spoke the world into existence, the same God that said, let there be light, and light came out of him at the speed of light, and he never said stop. That's the same God who wants, to, wants you to hear him speak. All right, so if you're taking us, we're a note-taking church. Y'all need to know that. If you've been a part of Convo, you know that. If, you, if you're new, now you know. We're a note-taking church because we're not just checking a box today. Can I get an amen from somebody? You're not doing God a religious service because you attended church today. You're not doing yourself necessarily a service because you attended church today. We lean into the environments that we have like this so that as the Holy Spirit speaks in the different moments, we are able to take it and run with it Monday through Saturday. So here's number one. The voice of God will reach out to you the voice of God will reach out to you. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter the stage in the process, doesn't matter if you're here today and you're not even sure about this Jesus thing, this Christian thing, this church thing, is it real, is it religious, is it fake? What is, doesn't matter where you find yourself, the voice of God will reach out to you. The reason why the voice of God will reach out to you is because God's position towards you is a position of grace and mercy and love. And so that means that, and this is good news, that means that you never have to measure up in order to get God's attention. You never have to perform and put on just so that God will say, all right, I'll give you a little bit of time. No, God is coming after you, and he's coming after you hard. And he's not coming after you with a baseball bat. Can I get an amen from somebody on that one? Thank you, God. We all have a couple of bruises this morning. No, he's coming after you with love and with grace and with mercy and with truth, and he wants to speak to you. And right there in verse 1, after the death of Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua. Man, no, Joshua didn't need to hear from anybody in that moment more than hearing God speak. He's like, man, I don't know if I have what it takes. Moses could just hear from God like it was nothing. At least it seemed like that. How in the world is this going to happen to me? And then, boom, here comes God and his love and his grace and his mercy. He comes right through the doubt, right through the fear, right through the anxiety. And he says, Joshua, and he begins to speak to him. Number two, the voice of God will affirm you. The voice of God will affirm you. It says in verse two, the time has come, God speaking to Joshua, the time has come for you to lead these people. Joshua, it's your time. It's your time. I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. You can because it's your time. Did you know you can do what you don't think you can do because God said you can do? I don't even know if I could say that again. You can do what you don't think you can do because God says you can do. You can do it. Affirm, the word affirm literally means to add strength to. So God's coming to you to speak to you because he wants to add strength to who you are. We have enough voices in our life and in our own head telling us what we can't do, telling us what we'll never be telling us how we're not good enough, telling us how, oh, we should have done this, oh, you should have done that, you should have zigged when you zagged. You know, we got all these things going on in our minds, all these things going on in our heart. God comes through all of it, that voice of the Father shouting above all the other voices to let you know and to affirm you and to let you know that your time has come. And you do have what it takes to be who God says you are and to do the things that God has called you to do. You can do it. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to continue to bow to the, to the struggles of the prior year. You don't have to. God's coming through to say, I know you thought that last year was going to be your year, and it didn't turn out to be your year, and that's okay. That Guess what? That year's gone. Praise God. So forget about that year. Forget about the things that you consider to be a failure, and let's begin to get up because I am affirming in you who I've created you to be. Not who you feel like you' falling short of being, but who I've created you to be. The voice of God is here to affirm you today. God will always speak faith into your identity. Not for me to get off track today, but the whole key to your relationship with God is understanding your identity in God, because you can never be who you are created to be when you are walking in an identity that is contrary to what God says. It's oil and water it doesn't mix. But when we begin to listen to the word of God, when we begin to listen to the voice of God and he affirms who you are and he affirms who you can be and he affirms what his word says about you, when he begins to affirm the fact that even before you were born, before you were a, a reality or even a knowledge in the, in the eye of your parents, that he knew you, not even knew you as, as just a being, he knew you by name. That means he knew your identity. He knew what he, what he was creating you to be. He knew who he was creating you to be. And so his word, as God begins to speak to you and begins to affirm you, he breathes faith into your identity that is found in him. The voice of God will always say, yes, you can, when everything else around you says, no, you can't. So come on, we got the voice of God reaching out to us. We don't deserve it, but God's still doing it. We have, we've, given God, have, right, we've given God plenty of reasons to not be wanting to reach out to us. But he still does. The voice of God will affirm you. Here's the next one. The voice of God is similar, but it's different. The voice of God will confirm you. First, he's affirming you. He's adding strength to you. And then the voice of God will confirm you. In verse 3 through 5, God says, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot. I love this. Wherever you set your foot. Now, that doesn't just mean where you aimlessly walk around and you're just aimlessly, well, I'm going to work and I'm coming home and I'm clocking in and I'm clocking out. No. The, the, the verbiage here where uh, in the original language where it's talking about wherever you set your foot, it's, it means to place yourself with purpose. To place yourself wherever you place yourself with purpose. Check this out. Check the tense of this this statement. You will be. That's present, right? That's present tense. You will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you because I will be with you like I was with Moses. There's some of that confirmation coming back in. You saw how I was with Moses. That's how I'm going to be with you. You've seen how I've been with other individuals who have served me with their life. Hey, that's how I'm going to be with you. You've seen me come through for people who lived in failures and now they're no longer doing that. Hey, I'm going to come through for you in the same way. We have to understand that as we go into a new year, the thing that makes it a new opportunity isn't where we place our feet. It's what we do with our purpose. Don't expect anything to change in your professional life if you are just clocking in and clocking out and going through the motions. But when you begin to realize that, hey, I may not love this job, this may not be my dream job, but this is where God has placed me. So now I'm going to step into this role with purpose, and I'm going to serve this role and serve this employer that may be a godless person, that on a different day I wanted to do something different too, but now I'm a different person. And I realize that God's placed me here with purpose. And I'm going to walk into it and place my feet where God has already given me and walk in the purpose that he has predestined for me in my own life. Confirm to establish in strength the truth of what has previously been spoken. The voice of God will confirm. Maybe I'll come back to that. One more. The voice of God will encourage and challenge you. There's a reason why we put those two together. Because, yes, we can separate those and talk differently, make them different points. But you need to understand the way when God speaks encouragement, it's also a challenge. Not everybody loves challenges. Personally, I'm the type of guy I've always loved challenges. For me, when a, when a coach got in my face, that didn't make me want to go cry in the corner. That, that got me fired up and ready to respond. And I realize that's not everybody's personality, but you need to understand the heart of God. He's not going to come scream in your face. <laughs> Thank God. You know, he's, he's going to come with encouragement, but he's going he's to challenge you. He comes with encouragement and to challenge you. He told Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous. You are the one. You are the one was the encouragement. Be strong and courageous was the challenge. You could read be strong and courageous as an encouragement as well. But you can almost visualize this moment where he's like, Joshua, get up. He was sitting down. He was fearful. He was, he was afraid. He was pondering, do I have what it takes? Joshua, get up. You can almost picture this moment where like he's you know, it's like. Shake yourself out of it. You know, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Remember who you are. You know what you saw with Moses? You're going to see the same thing in your own life. You know what you've seen in greater days before? It's nothing compared to what you're going to see now. Come on, God's going to come to you and he wants to encourage you, but he's not just encouraging you to make you feel better. He's encouraging you to speak life into your purpose and speak life into what is supposed to be the reality and then challenge you to step up to receive it. Here's the thing, God can can lead you to the places where he wants you to go, but he cannot move your feet for you. So many, we, we, mm. you say that. In the church world, we're weak and we're soft. Because we have the thing that could transform our reality. And we say we have faith in God, but then we don't take the steps and respond to the challenge. Because our culture, even outside of the church world, our culture has become so toxic that you can no longer be challenged. Because if you're challenged, then that's hatred, or it's bigotry, or it's, Time to get canceled, or you're going to be deleted. Wow. But if that's the case, then God's going to be lonely for eternity because He does nothing but challenge us. <laughs> but He does so in a way that probably in the church world we would do well to learn from when we try to, here's come to air quotes, challenge the world around us. Because when recently, I'm going to say in 2020, was not the best moment for the church when it came to challenging the world around us. Because we did so with plenty of truth, but we were lacking the grace that is supposed to accompany it. And so we end up coming across not as the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of God. We end up coming across as judgmental and religious and intolerant and hateful, even though that may not have been the intentions of many people. God comes with his voice to bring encouragement, but to also bring a challenge. So we can choose with the challenge to respond to the voice of God because you're going to be hard-pressed to get yourself into the Word of God and not be challenged by what God speaks. If you read the Word of God and somehow you are not challenged to respond, then um, it may be a different book. (laughs) It it may be something else. I don't know. You You have to show me later. But God's word from Genesis to the book of Revelation is chalk filled with challenge. Why? Because God wants to change you. I don't need to be changed. I need to be loved. Love without change is not love. The love of God is to change and transform us. Why? Because we were born sinful, we were born broken, and we can't fix it on our own. If, if, if we, being the problem, could fix ourselves, I've never seen one problem that can fix itself. The problem can never be the answer for the problem. We need a solution. The solution is a man named Jesus Christ, who is God, who came and lived a sinless human life, died on the cross, didn't deserve it, but he took your and my sin upon his shoulders, and he died, he went to the grave, he defeated death, hell in the grave, rose from the dead, and conquered the things that were meant to destroy us. So we have to stop living in the things that God has already conquered. We have to stop being okay with the lack of spiritual progress in our life and begin to respond to the challenge of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will continue to challenge you. Here's the thing. Let me give you one example. We're off of this thing. And it was really good. Anyway. The Apostle Paul, he was such a great testimony because Before he encountered Christ, he was religious and he was a zealot and he persecuted the church. He was responsible for the death of Christians who pursued Jesus. And then even though Paul did not deserve to get what he got, guess what? The voice of God reached out to him. And the voice of God began to affirm him. And the voice of God began to confirm him. And guess what? What Paul used to be, all of a sudden, because Paul responded to the challenge, a transformation took place from the inside out. Now, but this is interesting, though. When you, when you read the letters of Paul in the New Testament, you begin to see Paul refer to himself in ways that I, I would be like, that's, Paul, that's your old self. You need to stop hanging on to the past, Paul. You got to let go. God's trying to do something in your life. You're going to write some of the Bible and stuff, it's going to work out. But in one of the last letters that Paul writes, he describes himself as the chiefest of sinners. Or of all sinners, I am the worst. And he wasn't, he wasn't claiming that he was living a sinful lifestyle. He wasn't saying for one second that he was still the same person that he was when he first encountered Christ. But this is what he realized, that as a human being ourselves, the closer we get to God, the more we recognize the brokenness of our human nature. So the closer we get to God, the brighter the light of God shines on us. And what we couldn't see when we were distant from God and just getting to know him because some of the light cast shadows and things were still hidden and, and we hadn't yet fully exposed our heart to the Lord and we hadn't yet fully surrendered ourselves to the Lord. We were just kind of stepping into it. We're like, I'm not sure about this thing. I'm not sure about what I've heard about God. I think I'm gonna get judged. I'm gonna be struck. If I go to church, how many of you heard this? I I can't go to church with you. I'll get struck by lightning. I can't walk in them doors the building's going to burn down. You know, all these but these are real, you know, maybe exaggerated but ideas that we have about God when we don't really know him. And the closer we get to God, the more broken we see inside of us. But the more we get to know God, we realize we can continue to proceed. Because as we get closer to God, we realize he's not going to smack us down. He's actually going to continue to do what he's always done the whole time. He's going to love us. He's going to affirm us. He's going to have mercy on us, and He's going to continue to encourage and challenge us to do the things that God has called us to do. I think for some of you this year, you've, and maybe some of you done this, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't know, but the the pro, it's, there's still a beautiful process of looking at a new year and saying, "I'm I'm going to write down some goals for this year." I'm talking about your New Year's resolution. We all broke all of those already, but I'm just talking about goals that you have for this year. What are some things? that you believe God is, is impressing on your heart, or maybe they're dreams that you've had, you just have never done anything with it, and this is the time. This is your year. I said that last year. That year's gone. <laughs> this is your year. Come on. Allow yourself to say it. I don't know, like we say it so many times that we don't even want to say it again, but yes, allow yourself to say it. Allow yourself to declare and speak with your mouth, to speak into existence the things that are not as though they were. Begin to say, yes, I thought last year was my year. I said it. I wrote stuff down. It all went away within a week or two months or six months, but that's okay. New year, let's start again. Let's begin again. Let's allow ourselves to go into that territory and be vulnerable with God and say, okay, God, I don't know if I can, and I know you can, but I know you could last time, but I'm going to trust you again. And God's like, hey, be strong and courageous. I am with you. you want to hop on? Yep. Yeah, that's transit. Perfect transition. <laughs> I love you, babe. I don't know. I just I feel I feel stuck in that moment where we're God's trying to get to somebody's heart about the things that that you have to step into the challenge this year. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's starting a business this year that you've been thinking about for years. And you're tired of the job that you've been working. And God's like, Well, I gave you an idea three, four, five years ago. <laughs> Remember that piece of paper you wrote down and folded up and put it somewhere? No. Um You gotta respond to the challenge. Cool thing is now here, let's let's make sure we throw all the all the good theology in the cracks of the statement. Here's the good thing about God is that when He challenges you, He also gives you the strength to do the things that you don't think you can do. The challenge of God comes with the grace of God. The grace of God is the very thing that we need to walk in the reality and the identity that God has given us. And so here's the good news about responding to the challenge of God is not all on you. You just have to say, okay, God, I, I trust you. I'm gonna need you on this one. I'm gonna need your wisdom. I'm gonna need your strength. I'm gonna need probably some backup. I'm gonna need not just the grace you have for me, but I'm probably gonna need the grace that that you have for everybody involved in my situation. So today, beyond anything else, I think the next one will go into next week. So come back next week because I want to. I want you to hear I want you to hear this next part because the God reaching out and God affirming and God confirming and encouraging and challenging that's all great um, but it, it doesn't complete the picture unless you take the next step we'll get with that next week this is where I want to pray today it, this, is gonna, this is only going to be your year if you choose to take a step of faith and to believe that not what the other voices are saying to you are true, but that you choose to believe the voice of the one that is piercing through the darkness. And that is the voice of God. We're going to get more next weekend too because I realize hearing the voice of God needs, it needs some extra teaching. We're going we're gonna to get to that. But beyond anything, you need to know, even if this is your cliff notes, or your cheat notes going into the next couple of weeks, I hear, hear the voice of God like with my ears, out loud, audible, is it a feeling, is it a thought? It can be a lot of those things, but it's never not gonna be this right here. That's why, that's why God's so smart. Because he figured out a way to put something in something tangible in our hands that we can read that helps us know who he is, it helps us know who we are, and it helps us know why we're here. So we never have to guess. The voice of God in, in the, through the Holy Spirit, internally, audibly, whatever, it's, it's never going to go against what this says right here. And vice versa. And so that's a good place to start. You need to get into your Bible this year. If you, if you, if you need a, a week to help, just start reading Joshua chapter one. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to combochurch.com and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church podcast.